We're continuing this series called Tell Me a Story, Testimonies of God's Strength and Grace in Different Chapters of Life. You know, I've been excited, I've been really excited about the story that God is writing through this new building and us being able to go there and renovate it and move in. But I want to tell you about a story that happened to me yesterday that was troublesome and that kind of sidetracked that story. On Friday night, my wife asked me to get the hose from the side of our house so that we could have it on Saturday morning. And I went out, and in the dark, I tried to pry the hose off the faucet on the outside of the house with my bare hands. You know, I can muscle this. And it didn't come off. And so I went back in. I said, I can't get it off. I'll have to try and get a wrench from the building tomorrow, come back, and get the hose off. So we went to work day, and we kind of forgot that my wife said about 9 a.m., can you go back and get the hose? So I brought a wrench, went back to the hose, tried to get it off the faucet, and twisted, and it wouldn't come. I twisted, and it wouldn't come, and so I just muscled it and ripped the whole faucet out of the wall from the main line of the water going into our house. So if you can imagine kicking open a fire hydrant, I yanked it off and the water just all on me. And I wasn't very pastorly in that moment. (laughs) I was like, this is not a story I want to be a part of right now. There's another story happening and I'm supposed to be a part of that story. But now here it is, 9.30, workday's just started, and there is water pouring out of the side of my house onto me, and now I've got to deal with this. And uh, I was really frustrated because it felt to me like my troubles had sidetracked me from the story that I was supposed to be part of. Now, we got that water fixed eventually, you know. Maybe you say, well, God was trying to teach you a lesson, John, and the only lesson I learned was how to call the plumber, I'll tell you that. He came and he fixed it. But, you know, when you encounter troubles in your life, doesn't it feel like it sidetracks you from the story that you're supposed to be part of? And if troubles come enough, it starts to feel like the troubles are the story. We were getting that plumbing fixed, and then the AC stopped working. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. They're both fixed now, I believe, but... When troubles enter our story, it begins to feel like the troubles are the story. The troubles, the hardships, the trials, the difficulties, and when they just hit you, it feels like they are the story. But here's the thing. With God, there's always more to the story than just your troubles. There's always more to the story than just your troubles. Your troubles are not the story. In fact, your story is not even the story. God and his story is the story that you are part of. And as you begin to see him and his story, you can draw comfort in the midst of your troubles and in the midst of your trials. Today, I want to talk just for a moment about drawing comfort from God and his story. And then we're going to hear from Jay and Kim. They're going to come up and share a little bit. So let me pray, and then I'm going to read our text for today. Father, we pray that as we sit in your word, that we might hear you speak to us, that we might know that you are a God of comfort, that you are a God who has purpose and a plan 
And if we know Jesus Christ, we are never outside of your plan and your purposes. We pray that you might encourage us by your word this morning. In your name, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, Blessed, I'm sorry, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now watch how many times Paul uses the word comfort. He comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that as you share in the sufferings, so you will also share in comfort, in the comfort. I want to talk just for a moment about drawing comfort from God and his story in the midst of your troubles. And the way we do that is, first of all, draw comfort from the presence of Father God in your story. Draw comfort from the presence of Father God in your story. When you and I face troubles, one of the first things we think is, God is mad at me, right? You go through something difficult and you say, God is mad at me. And that's why he's brought this thing into my life to teach me a lesson because he's angry at me. Well, let me tell you, if God were going to teach you a lesson, it would be a whole lot worse than just some troubles in your life. What we deserve from God is his wrath and anger against sin. But because Jesus Christ died on the cross and God's wrath was poured out on Jesus instead of on us, God no longer is looking to get you back for something. And therefore, your troubles in life are not about God being mad at you. His anger has already been satisfied when Jesus died on the cross in your place. And that is the good news of the gospel. God the Father turned his back on the Son so that he could accept you into his family. And therefore, your difficulties and your trials are not God getting even with you. The price that you owed was dealt with when Jesus died on the cross. And therefore, God is not angry at your sin. He's angry when you sin, but he doesn't punish you as your sin deserves. And therefore, the troubles in your life are not him being uh, revengeful towards you. Look at how this passage describes him. The father of mercies. The father of mercies. Of mercies. When you're going through trials and troubles, is that how you think of God? The Father of mercies. He could have paid you what you deserve. He could have poured his wrath out on you, but instead, he was merciful. He didn't give you what you deserve. He gave it to Jesus. And therefore, he's the Father of mercy. You did not get what you deserve. But also, grace and peace from God to you. Grace, unmerited favor. You can't, you can't earn God's grace. He only gives it freely. And we know that he gives it freely because he freely gave his son, Jesus. But then not only that, peace. Now, it's not talking about an inner feeling. It, it's talking about a state of affairs that you find yourself in with God. 
You're no longer in this state of enmity. You're no longer enemies with him. You're in a position of peace like a peace treaty has been signed on your behalf by Jesus. And I say all this to say, when trials and troubles come in your life, if you know Jesus, it is not God being mad at you. He's not getting even with you. He is the father of mercies and the grace and the father of grace and peace. And therefore, that should comfort you. That should bring you comfort in the midst of your trials. But not only that, God wants to actually comfort you. He wants you to see the good news of Jesus and be comforted, but he wants to actually comfort you. He wants you to experience his presence in your life and receive comfort from him. Look what it says in verse three and four. The God of all comfort who comforts us in our afflictions. The God of all comfort who comforts us in our afflictions. And we know from other scriptures that the way he often comforts us is through the Holy Spirit living in us. Galatians 4 says that the Holy Spirit reminds us that we're children of God. Do you ever wonder, am I really a child of God? All these troubles and trials in my life, God must not love me. The Spirit's there to remind you, you are in fact a child of God. Take comfort. The Holy Spirit's there to guide you in the truth. Do you ever get lost in the midst of troubles and trials? and go, Which way do I go? Take comfort in the fact that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. If you know Jesus, and he's there to lead you in the truth. God wants to comfort you, and he wants you to draw comfort from his presence. In the midst of your troubles, it feels like God is far away, but nothing could be further from the truth. God is near, and he wants you to take comfort in his presence. Draw comfort from the presence of Father God in your story. God is near. But Jesus is also high up. The second thing we learn from this passage about taking comfort in the midst of our trials is that we're to draw comfort from the position of Jesus in God's story. From the position of Jesus in God's story. You ever go through trials and troubles and you go, Jesus, where are you? Where are you? Well, Jesus' answer is always, I'm sitting on the, on the throne at the right hand of God. That's where I am. I'm in the highest position in the universe. All authority has been given to me. That's where Jesus is. In other words, Jesus' position is one of power and sovereignty. There is no one who has more authority than Jesus. The Father has given authority to Christ to reign and rule. In Jesus' life when he came, God's kingdom was inaugurated with power. And when Jesus died on the cross, he showed the world that he was a different type of king who would die in place of rebels and sinners. But when Jesus was resurrected from the tomb, he was coronated as king, bringing new life into the world and new life into you and me. But then Jesus ascended to the throne of God. And now he rules and reigns from the right hand of God in power. Draw comfort from Jesus' position in God's story. The ESV study Bible says this, that comfort is this overall disposition that you and I have that comes from resting. Resting in God's sovereign and loving rule as manifested in Christ's lordship. You see, 
Paul, in this passage, twice says, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. And we use that term so often, we forget that it actually packs a punch. It's meant to remind us that Jesus is in the highest position in the universe. And you are to draw comfort, not only that God is near you, but that your Savior rules and reigns. No matter what troubles, no matter what trials you go through, Jesus is in charge. One of my favorite songs is a Swahili song. And the words go, Mambo Sawa Sawa, Yesu Akiwa Enzeni, Mambo Sawa. And what it means is, when the Lord is on the throne, things are already better. No matter what trials I'm going through in my life, when the Lord is on the throne, things are already better. Because the one who loves you is in charge and he's ruling and reigning. In 2010, an earthquake devastated Haiti. And news, news uh, TV and news coverage went down there to cover it. And uh, one of my friends was watching, watching these people from Haiti on the television screen. And the news commentator was watching them and commenting on them. And, and the people began singing, Mambo. Sawa sawa, mambo sawa sawa. Yes, akiwa enzini, mambo sawa, mambo sawa, mambo sawa. When the Lord is on his throne, even in the midst of this earthquake, things are already better. Already better, already better, because the Lord reigns. And the news commentator said, look at these people and how the resiliency of the human spirit uplifts them. But see, it wasn't that they were looking into their own resiliency. They were looking to the throne. They were looking to the one who rules and reigns and can comfort them in the midst of their troubles and trials. And you can as well. By looking up and recognizing that the Lord Jesus Christ is on his throne. And no matter what troubles and trials you're going through, it hasn't knocked him off that throne. He is in charge. And you can find comfort in the midst of that. Comfort from the presence of Father God in your story. Comfort from the position of Jesus in God's story. But also draw comfort so that you can comfort others. Draw comfort so that you can comfort others in their story. Paul basically is telling the Corinthians that he is suffering and going through troubles and trials for the benefit of the Corinthians. For their benefit. He is in, in and out of prison he is being persecuted. He is going into conflict for the benefit of bringing the gospel to the Corinthians. And some people are telling Paul, listen, if you have this much troubles in your life, it has to mean that you're not an apostle. I mean, something's wrong. No one ever has this much trouble in their life. And so they're judging Paul and saying, your ministry is invalid because no one has this much trouble in their life. And Paul says, oh, yes. And I'm entering into that trouble for the benefit of you. I'm entering into that trouble for the benefit of you so that even as I find comfort from God in the midst of my trials, I can share the comfort that God gives me with you when you go through the same trials. Look what it says in verse four. He comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. 
And see, you become a storyteller in order to share the comfort that you receive from God with someone else who needs God's comfort. And now that's risky at times to let people in and let people see what's really going on in your life. But as you do, your story is used by God to let people find hope and comfort in the God who comforted you. I've spent a lot of time on the phone in the past two weeks uh, with salesmen and, you know, people to set up internet and the alarm for the new building. And um, one particular guy let me see into his life, or he offered to let me see into his life. I was talking with Ed from the alarm company, and Ed and I had like four or five conversations over two weeks, and I got to know him pretty well. And um, so he's trying to sell me on this alarm for the new church building. And he said, well, by the way, we have these, we have these video cameras. I was like, okay, well, tell me more. Maybe we could use them. And he said, they're really cool. Uh, and I was like, well, how do they work? And he goes, well, let me show you. There's a dummy account that our company uses, and you can sign in with this email and this password, and then you can sign in and see how a video camera really works. And I was like, that's great. Try to sign in. It doesn't work. Well, Ed wants to sell me the cameras. So he goes, tell you what I'm going to do, John. I'm going to give you my personal email and my personal password, and you will be able to sign in to my alarm account and see the video cameras and see in my home. What do you think I did? No way. No way. I, 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 it was such a risk. Like, I don't know what I'm going to see once I look in that man's home. What if there's, like, stuffed clowns on the couch or something like that? You can't unsee some things. I said, Ed, thank you very much for letting me, offering this to let me see into your, into your house here, but that's too big of a risk. As I look back on that, I actually really appreciate that Ed offered to allow me to see in, because what he was trying to do is comfort me and offer me comfort and see, no, this really works. And see, when you let someone see into your life in the same way, when you let someone into your life and, you see, and they see the comfort that God has offered you in the midst of your troubles and trials, it comforts them. God is a God of comfort. He is still writing his story even though your story includes troubles and hard things. Draw comfort from the presence of Father God in your story. Draw comfort because of the position of Jesus in God's story but then as you draw comfort, offer that comfort to others. Let people into your life and let them see what, how God has met you in the midst of your troubles because God is going to use that to comfort others. Amen? I'm going to ask Jay and Kim to come up. We're going to move these chairs out here. I'll stand. There you go. And I asked them if they'd share a little bit of their story and how they've found comfort in the midst of troubles in order that God might comfort you through it. So, uh, Jay and Kim, let me ask you, can you tell me a story? What season of life have you guys found yourself in? Okay, so our story is about 25 years in the making. Um, been married going on 24 years, and uh, we've got a lot of stories. Um, and uh, she's going to make me talk the whole time because 
part of our story is that I do all the talking and she does the looking pretty because uh, I can't, I tried the looking pretty part and it didn't work out too well. So, over the last 25 years, uh, we've done a lot of things and had a lot of people come through our home, through uh, our own children, foster children, adopted children. Um, But the story that uh, really, oh goodness, well, it's I guess the most recent story uh, this past year and how uh, worry uh, really is squished by, uh, I call it the I got this year, Um, not me, God. He's like, I got this uh, all year. Uh, left Harley, left a six-figure job, and uh, went to work as an insurance salesman and went to an office that I thought I was doing really well at until I found out that half the stuff I was doing wasn't... Don't say it on tape. Yeah, wasn't good. (laughs) So, and once I started looking into the back things of what were going on, I had to find something else, found something else, but they were doing the exact same things, and... um, you know, eventually went in and got a job at State Farm. So, and that was, that's been great. But over the last year, um, you know, it's like, okay, well, we have this much in savings uh, and then I can pull some money out of the 401k. And, you know, Kim would look at me and go, um, how are we going to do this? And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. Screaming in the back of my head, I was like, I don't know. You know, what do you, you're running through money faster than you can make it. And, you know, so we did a lot of uh, learning on that it's not, I don't got this. Um, you know, we, we were coming into church one day and, and uh, I remember Kim saying, you know, I don't know what we're going to do about dinner because we don't really have anything in the fridge. And that day we're giving out Panera bread and, and food and like, oh we got food he got this um, you know we would uh, just run out of stuff and all of a sudden it was there uh, you guys our church family you guys are great you guys always helped us out that's amazing and we absolutely appreciate that but every time that I think Oh, I got this. <laughs> no, no, I don't. God's got this, and it's uh, it's been it's been interesting. The last, uh, especially the last even six weeks, um, ended up with mold toxicity, respiratory issues, doctors multiple times. Um, our goal was to move on a boat by May, and I was like. You know, we're going to save up. We'll have the money to do it and all that. And all of a sudden, uh, my mom gives us a nice Christmas gift. And uh, we've got to find a new place to live. And it's like, do we just abandon the boat or whatever? And then a guy who's like, got one on the cheap. And I'm like, oh, go and check it out. And I've got like $1,000 in my checking account. I brought $600 with me. And the guy's like. He wants to $2,500 for this boat. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we go check it out. It's 
rough shape. Nothing I can't fix. But, you know, called Kim up. I was like, how bad do you want to live on a boat? <laughs> and what did you say? Oh, and we had all of our children and grandchildren all looking for places. And she was tired of, of, of the whole, what, screaming mess of, of chaos. And, uh, and I guess that was the day that you kind of had had enough. And then, what did you say? Do you want to live on a boat? I want to live on a boat. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And the guy was like, um, what would it take for you to buy the boat right now? And I'm like, I got $600 in my pocket. He's like, can you give me another four? And I was like, I can give you three out of the ATM because that's all that's going to let me. He goes, sold. I was like, awesome. Then I had to get the boat from Rivera Beach to here, and that was a whole bunch of fun. But we all, all along the way, it's like, you make plans, and you think something that's going to ruin your plans, in our case, it expedited our plans. Uh, it made our, uh, our suffering, made it actually easier now. Um, we're sitting, <laughs> showed John a picture of our, what we look at as far as a sunrise uh, coming up over the trees uh, off the back of our boat. Uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing, and just to see that uh, I didn't do it. He got this. I'm like, man, what, <laughs> what did I do to deserve this? You know, what did we do to deserve this? We're nothing special. We're, we just keep plugging along and, um, you know, try to, try to help out where we can and do what little bit we know how to do. But we want you guys to know that every time you got a, something that gets in your way, those things that make us uncomfortable, he got this. When you think you got it, something might get in your way. And then if you try to, to get it, sometimes you just get in the way. He's got this. And that's one of the biggest things that we've learned, especially over the last six weeks is that he's got this, and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of nice when you remember that you're not the center of the universe. It makes actually life a little easier, doesn't it? When you sit there and go, oh, wait, I don't have to get this. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Oh, wait, there's food on the table. Thank you. So um, if it wasn't for the little bit of faith that we have compared to the grace that he gives. Uh, so that's, that's our story. You answered all the questions. You answered all the questions. Thank you, guys. I sent him some questions uh, ahead of time. Let me pray for him. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for Jay and Kim, and even as they have gone through these trials, I know that you have used those, even just this moment right now, to comfort people sitting here. And so we ask that you continue to be faithful to them, and we ask that you continue to use uh, our stories to comfort each other. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, guys. All right, so in the seven minutes that they're up here, uh, how many of you saw maybe some of your story 
even as they shared their story. Okay. So it's not magic, right? God actually does use the trials that we go through to comfort other people. When we share those trials and we share how God has met us and has comforted us and has provided for us. You know, as, as we've been walking together, it, it's been hard to walk with Jay and Kim and see the trouble after trouble after trial after difficulty that they've gone through. And even when they finally got the boat, which was on a Sunday, I believe, you know, and they were supposed to sail back, and they, they made it, you know, they got, they're in this next season of life. The, bro- the boat broke down on the way. And, uh, and of course, they were able to get it fixed, but I think the encouragement here to you is to take comfort that you can persevere through trials by faith in Jesus. God is present. Jesus is on the throne. He is writing a story. Continue on. Amen? I'm going to ask the the worship team to come back up and, uh, and lead us. Please stand with me.